After further review, as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. After further review, in this Rocket recap, Rocket football, actually it wasn't that great of a week for Rocket sports in general. The Rocket women played the Duke women's basketball team at Savage Arena. Great crowd, but not the results that uh, we thought we were going to get. Rocket men went one and two on their little trip down to Fort Myers for a, a holiday tournament. And the Rocket football team, uh, they've lost their last two games and they're limping into the MAC championship game, which will be uh, next week, I believe. So, David, the man of God Harrison with the Rocket recap, what you got? Yeah, the Rockets, like you said, clunker 20 to 14 up in Kalamazoo. And really, the, there's always like a turning point that we always talk about. And it's a pick six that Tucker Cleason threw. Um, yeah, it really changed. The momentum and the entire energy of the game, the Rockets really weren't able to capitalize after that. Um, and I'm honestly a, a little concerned because we talk about, we always talk about this when it comes time for Mac tournament play in basketball, the whole rest versus rust. Do you want to be kind of resting your stars so that conference championship or conference tournament comes around? boom, everyone's healthy, or do you want to be playing well in a rhythm so that any kind of slip-up can throw the entire psyche, the entire energy of the team off? And I think offensively, kind of, we look rusty, and there's no really easy way to say it. Even though we won against Eastern, we, we it looked rough, and it was rough for a good portion of that game, the game against Bowling Green. Yes, we it was a shootout in terms of yardage, but we had to go down twenty-one nothing before we decided to wake up and actually play like we cared about winning and keeping the trophy that we eventually lost. Mm-hmm. And even this game against Western, like little little went right, like. Two scoring drives, 144 or 145 yards of offense. Mm-hmm. On the other 72 plays, UT averaged 2.6 yards per play. Mm-hmm. Like, like 2.6. Like if we and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. If your running back is averaging that, you're like, fam, what are you doing? Like, we need you to get. That's the entire offense. And like the defense came out and they were ticked off because they lost to BG. And they were like, look, the defense, 
if it wasn't for the defense, I honestly don't know where this team would be this season because it seems like whenever there's a gut-wrenching loss, the defense is like, look, we take that bleep seriously. And um, Nate said it after the game today, you know, took the BG loss and used that energy towards this game to go hard and give it all we had against Western. Like the team, season-high 12 tackles for loss, six sacks by the defense. And it's just like the Broncos had 188 yards of offense. Wow. Eight wait, first wait, 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 wait. 188 Four. yards of only only 188 yards? Well, that's Wow, that's not – that's good defense. But what the heck happened? Yeah, 100 – program record. They punted 14 times, two of 20 on third down. If you see those stats by themselves, you would have thought – that we would have scored 35, 42 points mm-hmm. and, you know, had this big momentum. But when you gift wrap them 10 first half points, the pick six that eventually turned the game around in the favor. And then the clock manage clock management, which we've been talking about f- for this friend with this team for over a decade. I'm <laughs> tired of talking about clock management. And then Sean Tyler's, 63-yard touchdown scamper when he probably could have gotten tackled. And, yeah, like in the third quarter, that really sealed the game. It's just I'm concerned for this team. And Coach Candle talked about it before or after in the postgame presser, you know, we got to start. We have to be efficient in executing offensively. We have to do a better job of preparing offensively. Preparing offensively is your jobs. Yeah, I saw that's, those. That's that. on you, fam. Yeah, I seen. I seen those quotes. Those were those weren't great quotes. Like, like preparation is execution. Yes, that's on the players. But if they're not prepared offensively, then what are you doing as a head football coach? And a lot. Of, I think a lot of people are going to say we. Talked a little bit about this off air. Everyone's going to use Taquan Finn has been resting. So Tucker Gleason is is our backup. We're not 100% full strength. Taquan Finn better be 125,000%. Well, he was was in the game. He was 5 of 11 for 35 yards. But I think we talked about this earlier was that the Buffalo game is kind of coming back to haunt you. If you think about it, the, the Rockets should have had that game already in tow to the point where he couldn't have gotten injured in that last play of the game trying to win the game. I mean, the, the problem with the Rockets is it's just been a lack of focus all year. And that you we understand that most of these are 18 to 22-year-old kids. For them to come and, and have focus all the time is asking a lot from a lot of people that are adults. But like you said, the clock management, the lack of focus, at that point, you, you kind of have to blame the coaching on that. Because as a coach, your job is to keep the kids prepared. And I get it. They're kids. And, and, and like I said, the, the lack of focus. But after losing to Bowling Green, this should have been a game where you get the win. Even if it, if you if you, if you you had to scrap for it, you have to get the win. But just, it's just been very lackluster. There's something that's missing. And, and to be honest with you, the defensive side of the ball seemed like they came and showed up tonight. It, it, it really was the offensive side of the ball. Now, some people could say the offensive line wasn't really the best, and they've been having injuries as well. But 
it goes the next man up and it goes into your development and as a coach and I'm and I coach I know that I have to develop the people behind them and and I think for some coaches that is hard it's hard work and it's some coaches get tunnel vision I'm going to focus on the starters I'm going to focus on the better players but you have to put in extra work with the development players because there's going to be a time especially in football it's going to be injuries. It's a little bit less in basketball, but in football, it's a lot of injuries. And you've got to develop those guys that don't get a lot of the reps, who don't get in, because it's going to be a point where they get in the game and you got to have them perform. And if they're not ready, then you're going to have this lacklusterness. And I think that's what's been going on with this team. I mean, this team should not be 7-5. and five. They should have beaten Bowling Green. They should have beaten um, – Western Michigan, this team should be 9-3 and three at least. I can understand getting your doors blown. Really, to be honest with you, this team should be 10-2. and two. They should have beaten Bowling Green. San Diego State. And San Diego State and Western Michigan. This team should be literally 10-2. and two. I, can, I, can give you, I can give you the, 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 the uh, uh, Ohio State loss. I can totally understand that. Totally understand that. Um... And to be honest with you, no. The team should be 11-1. and one. They should have beaten Buffalo. This team literally should be 11-1. and one. The only team they should have been getting beat by was Ohio State. Totally understand. Give up 77 points. Ohio State is in another stratosphere. But this is where I think that you, you, you have to question yourself. These are games. Buffalo should have been a win. That was just, they blew that game at the end. Lacklusterness. Because early on you were showing, you know, you beat Northern Illinois, you beat Kent State, you beat Central Michigan, good scores. San Diego State, lackluster. I mean, look at all the losses that they've had. It's just been lackluster. Bowling Green should have won by at least two scores. You understand it's a rivalry game. They're going to come at you. And you should know by now you got snake bitten in 2019 when you went down to Bowling Green and you got beat in Western Michigan. Personally, this this to me seems like almost like a reminiscent of Matt Campbell at the end, where I'm I wouldn't be surprised if they do the Mac Championship game and Candle finds another job. Remember, because it kind of happened with 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 Campbell, where toward the end of the year, it, it just, some stuff was just unexplanatory. It just seemed like the team was in a funk. And does does it does it mean or does that seem like that to you? Where you know when your coach is looking at other jobs. I mean, he only has one year left on the deal. He's kind of a lame duck. You got a new AD. I'm highly doubting that he's going to get extended. Players obviously have a relationship with Candle. I've heard he you know he he the players are close with him. They probably some of these players probably know it's the end. And for like I said, we're dealing with 18 to 22 year olds. Yeah, I mean, I I can see kind of the mentality going away and kind of looking at the post game, looking at the report and the blade. Like the faces look grim, gloom, kind of because you just lost back to back. You know, to end the regular season, you know, heading into a conference championship game. My like my only question is if Finn and we saw he got the start, but he wasn't. He's not mobile because of his ankle. Why is Finn playing this game? Like that's my true. Like talking about the preparation. True. Why? If you set if you set him out for Bowling Green to rest, 
which all, all of us make sense. My initial thinking is, okay, so he's sitting out Western, so it's two weeks, kind of make sure he's a hundred, make sure that ankle is a hundred percent. Like, it seems like you, you did more damage by him playing and then not looking himself, throwing the two interceptions, including the pick six, and then getting benched for Gleason. Cause now it's like, okay, why? So we just had him out there for a quarter just to kind of get him a little loose. But then he played poor, you know, he played, I don't want to say poorly because he's coming off injury, but he, he looked bad because. Yeah, you know, he's hurt. Right, and he shouldn't have been hurt because the, the Buffalo game should have been signed, sealed, and delivered. And at the, what happened? The last play of the game, he gets injured, which with a lack of focus and a lack of attention to detail and trying to put the team away, now you're looking bad. You've lost two games, and Ohio's no slouch. So you're in the MAC championship game, great, but if that Buffalo game doesn't happen the way it happens, you probably do beat BG. You probably do beat Western Michigan with a healthy Daquan Finn. And this has been under Can Candle and Campbell, where in Beckman, where you see a trend here where every November they lose a game they're not supposed to lose, or it's some kind of stupid stupidity where you, you, you get these recruiting classes that have got talent. You're winning because you have the talent. But are you really developing and utilizing the talent to get the best out of them? And and I just feel that that's what's been the problem with Candle in his regime with the Rockets. That's just me. Yeah, I can see kind of it's always like we're going under below expectations because like every season they always say Rockets should win the MAC, Rockets should win the MAC, and then like you said, it's always one or two weird losses. Whether it's this year to Buffalo, which we should have won. And then blew that. Or Bowling Green. Or Western Western Michigan. No. I mean, it's always a game where you're supposed to win. I can understand, like I said, the Ohio States. I mean, they're in a different stratosphere. And and this year, you really got blown out by them. But it's been weird where sometimes you play the Power 5 teams and beat those guys, but then you play someone that's a little less uh, talented and you lose to them. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, kind of heading into – the game against Western, it was how for me it was house money. It was more don't get anyone important hurt. Right. Like honestly, since this game, since we had already won the MAC, even kind of thinking whether we won or lost last week against BG or even including BG, like BG was rivalry game, so you know the seniors are going to want to play and beat BG one last time. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, me, like hopefully. for me, I would have played the kids against Western because I I didn't want to take any risk at all. Like, if you are a starter, like, I understand you want to play, you know, possibly your last regular season game, but if you're a starter and you're important to what we, what we need to do and accomplish in Detroit, you wouldn't have dressed. Like, that would, that would have been my mentality. And, yes, I would have probably gotten flack and kind of ridiculed by everyone in Toledo Blade on the radio, you know, tomorrow. But if the goal is going to Detroit and winning the MAC championship game, I'm resting my starters for a game where the season's already decided. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I mean, I totally agree with you. I mean, they, this should have been a game where they get you. Hey guys, we're going to come out here. We're going to have the starters out here for the first quarter. You guys set the tone. If you set the, a great tone, you're playing for your teammates. 
you're going to get an, give them an opportunity to play that they've been working for all season. I mean, right now, this is what you, you've been preparing. You, you're at the end of the season. So all the stuff that you've been doing since August, since two-a-days and on, should already be in, 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 instilled in you, and you should already know what you've been doing. I mean, that's a well-oiled machine where even if there's a few guys out, you're still doing well. You still know what the standards are. That's been the problem with this team. It's like, well, so-and-so was hurt and so-and-so was out. Well, you know that's going to happen in football. There's not it, You don't go through a full football season without someone getting dinged up. It's next guy up, and it seems like once some of the, the guys go out that are the better players, it just seems like these other guys aren't able to capable of doing anything. And it's just like, well, what have you been doing to, to get these guys prepared? As you said, this should have been a game where starters go out first quarter, score a couple touchdowns on these guys, and, uh, you know, we set the tone already and we're ready to go. But instead, what happened was it was 0-0 after the first quarter. Then at halftime, it was 10-7 Western Michigan. Then in the third quarter, they really dropped an egg and – they scored. They were up twenty to seven, and then the Rockets scored a touchdown late. But that's how it's been all the time. This really should have been a game where the Rockets probably, as they've been starting in the regular season. I mean, during the season where they've gotten up big on some teams early, probably up twenty-one zero. Then the first, maybe tack on another touchdown in the middle of the second. You're up twenty-eight zero. Then you start putting in the subs. And then gradually, these guys are getting getting you're getting guys rested, and you're also getting guys other reps. But that didn't happen. No, I mean, like I would have, like, and I understand that approach as well. I think for me, I would just be like, hey, like, granted, the defense. I know some of those guys on defense took that BG loss hard just because that last drive still left a sour taste in a lot a lot of their mouths, and they're like, look, we're on the field regardless. Believe what coach says. We need to play well on the deep. Yeah, the defense did. It's yeah, they should have. They should have made that tackle. Seem, they should have yeah, made that just, tackle. Yeah, it just seems like, like offensively, if this team is not executing, because run the running game is. I don't. I don't know what the bleep is happening with the run game. It just seems like they're just getting less than. Like they're getting more efficient. At least one or two guys are. Getting more efficient, but then the rest of the team is like, eh, yeah, pedestrian. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because of Finn kind of having to come out in that first half, like his status for Detroit is uncertain, and that's mm-hmm. the worst case scenario. So now, is it going? To, is it going to be a situation where you're trying to play Dequan Finn hurt in the title game? Is it going to be Tucker Gleason from the jump? But what do you have? To, know, what do you have yeah. to lose? What do you have to lose though if he plays hurt? Are you trying to play for the bowl game? I mean, think about it. I mean, because this is, you know, you, obviously you're gonna have a bowl game, but the 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 goal overall is to win the MAC championship. So if he's good enough to play solidly, I mean, Tucker Gleason also has a broken hand as well. Where yeah. Do you, where do you where do you go from here? I just, granted, I, I still think if Daquan Finn is, to not, cause, yeah, see now, because yeah, because that was now you get into those wonder things. Because what percentage does Daquan have to be at for him to get the start over Tucker Gleason, who has a steel plate? Because mm-hmm. we know Tucker Gleason is you know banged up from that Bowling Green game, but the dual threat of Daquan Finn is what 
essentially got us to Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tucker Gleason was able to, you know, handle business against Eastern, kind of seal the deal, and then kind of things fell their way. But yeah, I still think this is Daquan Finn's team to lose. And I think unless it's something, you know, catastrophic injury-wise, and again, we won't know probably until middle of the week next week what his condition is and what his situation is for the MAC championship game. Yeah. Yeah, you, you have to go balls out because I think this this is a bed that Coach Candle made. Now he has to lie in it. <laughs> He's been doing it the last few years now. I mean, I know fans on the message boards are going crazy and they're saying, you know, fire him and let Karis take over. And some are saying no, no, no. And, you know, I, it, it's interesting to, to just to read the message boards and stuff like that. But, you know, yeah, this, 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 this was, this was very disappointing. By the way, the Rocket women lost in a nail biter by one point to Penn State. But by the way, Penn State women's basketball is actually undefeated. So that's actually, um, a pretty a team that has been resilient that lost to Duke, kind of came out kind of flat, kind of kind of got a little bullied by the team. Uh, they, uh, you know what I'm saying? They got kind of a little bit bullied by them by Duke. So, but they at least came back in this tournament and, and tried to compete against a Penn State team that's doing very well. Two back, you know, two Power Five teams. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see just kind of. One with the Rocket women, kind of the non-conference league, which Coach Kalp always plays a tough, like a tough non-conference slate, right. which is always just kind of get the get the ladies, get the women mm-hmm. kind of geared up for conference play so that we can be the upper echelon. But yeah, I think a lot of people, all minds are going to shift to Detroit where Jason Candle is one and two against Frank Solich. Head to head since he's been head coach. Um, you know, last season we won in Athens. Uh, I honestly don't know what to expect from this team. I mean, obviously, as an alum, I'm hoping that we win the MAC and I'm hoping that our defense, you know, picks up. I'm confident that our defense is going to pick up the slack because our defense is playing hungry and they're, they're realizing. Hey, we probably have to put a lot more on on our backs to carry kind of carry the Rockets' offense that's kind of been stumbling to the finish line. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it it's going to be it's going to be a good game, and the world will finally see. And hopefully, we bring that Mac Trophy back to back to Northwest Ohio. Oh, and then the thing is, okay, so let's say. Candle wins the 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 Mac championship. So then he's got two Mac championships under his belt. <laughs> um <laughs> this this is be crazy, right? I mean, you don't obviously I don't think they extend him, but I mean, he in the end they'll, they'll say, "Well, look, as a coach, he's got two Mac championships. That's great in recent memory." I mean, think about it. He's got two Mac championships better than Campbell better than Beckman, better than Amstutz. I believe Amstutz only has one. And I also believe possibly better than Gary Pinkle. Yeah, in, ter- in terms of the record books, I would say, yeah, he's going to go down as one of the most successful coaches in Rockets history just 
for the sheer fact that he got he could have multiple back football championships, which was for a good stretch was just so elusive for us. Mm-hmm. Riding the ship, getting the players. But he's gonna if he doesn't, you know, poop a hammer, if he doesn't do what Rockets normally do, which is shoot themselves in the foot, whether it's turnovers, penalties, kind of if he like you said after the game against Western, if he prepares them offensively, if he can execute his game plan preparation and knowing that Ohio's without their starting quarterback and it's going to be Richard sophomore, CJ Harris that's probably going to get the nod for Ohio. Mm-hmm. The, Rock- the Rockets should win. Now, again, granted, anything can happen. Crazy things can happen. Ohio hasn't won a MAC title since 1968. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So everything is leading blue and gold favor, but that's why you play the win the game. That is, that is true. Anything else with the Rocket recap here, David? Uh, no, just things that were stumbling into Detroit instead of going there with a little bit higher expectations. Sucks even worse that we're going there injured. Right. But, yeah, now, now you know. We're eight days away from a MAC championship. How much does this trophy mean to you? That's all I got to say in the locker room. Yeah, that's true. And, and then, then again, we'll see how they uh, actually uh, rebound from this. And uh, it, it, like I said, if, if Candle wins the MAC championship, you'd be probably considered one of the more successful coaches um, in, in recent Toledo history. And let's say they win the MAC championship and then rebound and end up winning a bowl game. I mean, that really would help his cause. Yeah, then he can, you know. End up being the next coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Who knows? <laughs> now that, wow that that would be that would be crazy. But it could be possible though. I mean, but yeah, that would be actually really crazy. <laughs> yeah, that that that's a stretch, David. Real big stretch. But that that's that's wishful thinking on your part. Yeah, I mean, the coach that they have was mediocre. I mean. What what did Kingsbury ever win in or Lubbock, Texas? But I guess they're Not, they're looking at it as him being a Power Five guy, though. Yeah, I mean, some of the coaches in the NFL, I'd probably take Coach Candle over them. No, okay, yeah. Well, we'll we'll kind of end on that note. You're listening to eighty-eight point five or eighty-eight point three WXUT. After further review, and. uh as I mentioned before, it's it's been pretty good. The Rock Rocket recaps always. You can listen to us on eighty eight point three WXT live, or you can listen to us on our podcast at WXT's After Further Review with a picture of Frank Vashner and the horse's head, and we'll have usually have that up for you. Coming up next, we have the NFL Pick'em. Normally, we don't have that on our uh, podcast or anything like that. We just have the NFL Pick'em. And I have some updated results for you when we come back. It's it's a close race. Last week, this past week, week 11, including the Thursday night games, woo, it came down to me winning by one point. And I'll tell you the game that separated myself from David the Man and Guy Harris 
and Frank Bashner. It'll be interesting. But stay tuned. You'll listen to 88.3 WGDs. After further review, coming up next, NFL Pick'em. Thank you.